from Silicon Valley, California, this is Fresh Dialogues. I'm here today with Andres Weidler. Formerly, he was an executive with BPL Global and co-founder of Constellation Investment Group of Angel Investors. He has a passion for building and financing technology companies. So, Andres, I want to ask you, earlier this year, I met you when you were giving a class in clean tech entrepreneurship at Stanford University. You anticipated about 30 in your class and you ended up expanding it to around about 80, I understand, with a waiting list. Can you talk about the popularity and what do you think fed that? Clean tech is in everyone's mind. It's not only in the press, it's in everyone's mind. And so I understand that a lot of people in the Valley want to use their brain power to contribute to solving that challenge. And so I think it's an outflow of that desire to contribute to resolving global challenges that led to this quite amazing interest in the topic. But do you think it's fed by that desire to do good or here we can make a quick buck? <laughs> That's the eternal question, of course. Yes, but, but what and, did you uh, find from this? What I found amongst the students is that they understood this concept that in order to really change the world, have a big impact, it helps to have a commercially viable model to start change, to make change happen, and to sustain that change. A lot needs to be achieved in the next couple of years and decades. Are they in for a quick buck or are they in to change the world? I think the majority of them want to contribute to solving the challenges. And tell me, backing up a little, what is your definition of clean tech? Well, clean tech is not an industry. Clean tech is a theme that permeates economic activity. And the definition would certainly encompass the triple bottom line. Uh, it would encompass the sustainability in economic, in environmental, and in social areas. So my prediction, actually, is that in five years from now, we're not going to talk about clean tech anymore. It's not only my prediction, it's my sincere hope. Because as clean tech is part of all economic activity, it has to become more so as we use more of our resources and have to protect them more. That means that there's a tremendous opportunity to be much more proactive, to find solutions, to use the Silicon Valley approach to solving problems, to make quantum leaps forward to solve these problems. And these problems, of course, are worldwide problems. They're global problems. We can't solve them alone. But this today, you know, in 2009, what it means to me, what it means more importantly to the students, is there is an opportunity here, there is something they can do to both make a living and do good in the world. What, what do you feel the key criteria that makes someone an entrepreneur and someone not? I think just a, a major willingness to take risk and a curiosity uh, to do things differently and no fear to challenge the status quo. Yes, and talking about the VC community and your network of investors, what is morale like right now? Because there's been a lot of talk in the press about the future of venture capital industry, you know, exit strategies, IPOs, at an all-time low. What is your sense of the morale among your friends and colleagues there? In the clean tech space, the venture capitalist community is alive and well. The challenge, of course, remains with some of the limited partners. Their portfolios have gone down dramatically with the 2008 and early 2009 challenges in the financial community. So with their own asset allocations, 
roughly constant, that means automatically there's a whole lot less money available for venture capital. So that is just something we have to deal with for now. But we see a lot of interest with uh, clean tech venture capitalists. We also see a lot of interest of established venture, cap uh, venture capital companies who add a clean tech person or a clean tech function to their portfolio and to their teams. So there is no question that clean tech is going to do extremely well, and especially the funds that are starting to invest or started to invest in 2008, 2009. So clean tech vintage 09, I would predict to be a particularly interesting place to invest. Do you anticipate clean tech funding is going to be higher this year than last? Even no question about it. Even in this economy? Even in this economy, no question about it. The reason is very simple. There's more and more regulation uh, worldwide that favors clean tech projects. Then there's the uh, stimulus package uh, that has passed since uh, last we talked and has a tremendous impact on not directly the investment itself, but all the projects that are being done by those companies that venture capitalists invest in. So there's no question that the 2009 will be a stellar year. But don't forget that venture capital is only one aspect of clean tech investments. Governments, universities, labs, uh, and then of course large corporations, they uh, invest actually a multiple of what venture capitalists invest in. Clean tech. What is that multiple? Do you know, Andres? Hard to tell. I, mm -hmm. I don't have the direct number. Let's just take uh, GE, for example. Their budget for 2009 on clean tech investments, or Ecomagination, as they're going to call it, is, I, I believe, $1.5 So that's mm -hmm. just one company alone. Now, admittedly, a large one uh, that's very committed to the clean tech space. What specific regulation is impacting clean tech already? Well, we have a lot of different uh, regulation, be that a, a Clean Air Act, be that renewable energy portfolio standards, be that emission reduction standards that are either already passed in the U.S. and abroad or in the process of being passed. So that is one side. There is also an increased awareness on part of the consumers about the impacts of their daily behaviors. And so while regulation is being driven largely by politicians today, I would expect a whole lot more of a pull by the consumers to endorse and support such legis legislation worldwide again. That will make it a whole lot easier for politicians to actually follow through. The U.S. now has taken on a fervor and has taken a up the cause of environmentalism and uh, as you know well once the, the US population the Americans uh, want to do something they go all out to make it happen. Can you talk specifically about what Obama and his administration has done for clean tech? They've been absolutely terrific. I would particularly like to talk about the stimulus bill. That has truly opened the floodgates that were totally closed for projects to get started again. Take Solyndra, right? They had this massive loan guarantee that sped up sales of, of their projects. There's a number of grants outstanding. And these grants are typically uh, provided in 30 to 90 days. So it is no longer like on the previous administrations that it took two or three years. If ever, you get some funds. A lot remains to be seen, you know, how quickly the administration and, and, and the various departments can actually work through all their requirements, but there's a tremendous willingness to speed things up, to, to uh, help uh, both large established companies and startups to develop new technologies and to finance some projects 
or at least lower the financing costs of projects that uh, greatly speed up uh, clean tech achievement. And let's talk about your motivations, Andres, because you know you have a background in software, in technology, in financing, but where does this strong conviction to be involved in clean tech and teach people about clean tech entrepreneurship, where does it come from? Well, you know, I've, I've been a founder of this smart grid firm, uh, BPA Global, and uh, I've just seen how much you can change with viable commercial models. And the company has been very successful and continues to be so. So I wanted to convey some of that and leverage some of that, if you will, uh, and teach other people some tools, some uh, experiences, my own, by the way, and some of, of uh, the guest speakers. I had some wonderful guest speakers uh, in the class. So it was my great desire to leverage what I've learned. It's not that hard, after all, and encourage people to do their own clean tech enterprises. If you just have an idea, but you haven't done your homework and you don't know how to present, you haven't practiced that a whole lot, uh, it's hard to get money anywhere, whether it's VC money or, or, or kind of loan guarantees or whatever it is. So it's really important to, uh, to pass on that experience to others. And I encourage anyone out there who has experience in that to do the same with uh, your neighbors or your local school or whatever it is, but to, to encourage people to take a very professional approach to solving these challenges. And, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. I also wanted to give back to Stanford. I had a great time when I was there myself. And I think the continuing did you do it? Was program, it an MBA you did? I got a yeah. I went to business school from ninety two to ninety four. It's it's a great environment and a very positive environment. Third reason, perhaps, is a little more uh, self serving, if you will. But there is tremendous deal flow again, and there's a lot of really smart people. And keeping in touch with them and seeing what they're doing is personally very enriching. And tell me about some of the research you had to do in order to prepare for this class, because I understand you've interviewed a number of people to get basically the breaking news in all areas. Well, it's a very moving, constantly moving environment, of course. And yes, uh, I, it was very interesting. I, uh, I tried, of course, to borrow as much as I could from other clean tech entrepreneurship classes, and guess what? I didn't find many. So uh, there are a number of classes out there, but uh, it was really a, a much more thorough effort to develop that class than I thought it would be, but it was very interesting. There's a number of things I've learned, actually. Uh, number one, when I talked, I, I talked to roughly uh, 100 to 120 people of you know, significant knowledge of the space. The most interesting part was that no sector is off. Every single sector, be that solar, be that you know, biofuels, be that wind, be that energy efficiency, doesn't matter. Every single sector has a tremendous need for more innovation. So the, nothing's off the table. And as long as you, know, you come, come up with a good idea and the right team to make it happen, then there's certainly a market out there for you. Talk about the future, the wider future for clean tech. You're saying in a few years' time you're expecting it's just going to be a given for any company. They will be sustainable. What else do you anticipate as far as the VC market for clean tech? Most importantly, I think, again, clean tech as a theme will disappear and be part of it. But that doesn't mean that the individual components of what's now the clean tech theme wouldn't become some major industries. And I think there, venture capital you know, has, a, has a tremendous role to play, an important one, to accelerate the growth of small companies and uh, incubate 
new ideas. Now, what I expect, uh, and we see that already, uh, I expect the competition, cooperation, and dependabilities or interdependability of uh, the clean tech sector to be a whole lot more intense. So already most clean tech firms have an international approach and clean tech is inherently international. So I think there will be a whole lot more interaction between the US and the foreign countries, voluntary and involuntary. Mm -hmm. And I think that was, that's going to fundamentally challenge uh, some of the ways we're doing business. So that'll be very interesting. And what about the role of China? Well, China is by, lar by far the largest market for clean tech solutions. So a strong interaction with China on these topics is absolutely essential. Now, of course, they have a much cheaper labor, so they, a lot of the manufacturing capacities already are in China, and, and more of them will go there. There's no question about it. But the market of uh, the, the Chinese public... And the needs of that fast-growing market are a fantastic opportunity for U.S. clean tech companies. And so I sincerely hope that we can uh, not only maintain but improve the relationships with, uh, with Chinese businesses and Chinese investors and Chinese governments and so on uh, over the next decade to make sure that market stays open for us and that we can not only solve our problems here with clean tech uh, technologies but also the vastly more urgent and vastly greater challenges that China faces with its massive, massive growth. I can't stress enough how important it is that we tackle it from any possible angle we can think of, because only the aggregate will actually come up with good solutions, viable solutions, acceptable solutions, and also lucrative solutions to solve those challenges that we all face. Great. Well, Andres Weidler, thank you so much for joining me on Fresh Dialogues. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Fresh Dialogues. This is Alison Van Diggelen, with special thanks to Tom Kromkowski and Carol Pecora for technical support, and Kevin McLeod, who wrote and produced our music. Music